What do leading AI experts have to say about the field of artificial intelligence today and what to expect for tomorrow? What AI trends will change healthcare this year? Is 2021 the year of responsible AI? Hey everyone, I'm Alex Kastrinas and this is AI News, the number one show for the latest topics and trends in artificial intelligence. Subscribe to this channel to get the latest episodes of AI News and let's dive in. To kick things off, we'll be discussing a new annual AI debate, the recent and second one hosted by Gary Marcus and Vincent Boucher, featuring discussion and opinions from many field-related scholars about this past year in AI and how to push AI to the next level. A lot of what they talked about in this debate were different kinds of problems and challenges to solve with AI. One of them is sort of self-directed interaction with the environment uh, or making AI more curious and exploring curiosity um, and, and basically building curious systems that can explore the world around them. Another topic discussed is this marriage of symbolic AI. So for those of you familiar with like object-oriented programming, Basically, something that humans can relatively easily understand. So in that sort of programming, you have these different objects that you can manipulate using different symbols um, or other kinds of, you know, symbolic math. For those of you that are familiar with that, where you use, you know, symbols like X and Y to represent variables and so on. Um, sort of marrying that kind of symbolic AI with neural networks and deep learning and other sort of um, what often people refer to as more black box type algorithms. Um, on the technical side, often people will refer to these types of AI as connectionist. But in, other, in, in either case, kind of just bringing those two together. There's also a consensus for a need for an agreed upon computational theory and model of intelligence in general. What does that mean? So computational theory or computational model basically you know, let's say you have real intelligence and you're trying to create an algorithmic representation of that, version of that. You sort of need a different, you know, how do you make that um, computational so that you can represent intelligence in terms of algorithms and, you know, computer programming and software and so on? Um, what does that model of intelligence look like and how do those algorithms, you know, work? Well, there's many different kinds of algorithms and techniques in AI, and none of them are necessarily, or they're not all sort of using the exact same kind of computational model for what intelligence is like. Some are very different than others. And so there's this consensus that uh, maybe we should get to where there's an agreed upon and more advanced kind of computational theory on intelligence and also the models that represent that. Um, some people argue right now that reinforcement learning is uh, one of the best uh, and most closest to maybe what that computational theory and model should be, but uh, more to come on that. The other area that, that people want to see more advancement AI around is causal reasoning. So with predictive models, they're great because you can predict something, right? You, you put in different parameter values or variables, uh, run it through a model and you get a prediction out. But you don't necessarily know what causes what effect. Cause and effect is very hard to determine without using very you know, specific types of techniques like experimentation and so on. Um, so how can we bring that sort of causal reasoning and ability to determine cause and effect within AI is, is another very hot topic of interest. Another one is 
open-ended innovation, something that humans do, which is, you know, over time, humans have been innovating, starting from way back, you know, really way back when, as early as like the wheel, inventing the wheel, and then just building on that and keep building on it and using all this innovation and previous discoveries and so on and just building on it and keep getting more and more advanced until, you know, we launch, you know, spacecraft into space and, and all these other things. AI right now can't really do that. It's sort of a very specific task that you train each model for. Um, so how do you get AI to sort of build upon itself, use new innovations and kind of keep building from there and getting more and more advanced? Another, you know, sort of thought is to, you know, stop necessarily looking only to the brain, um, the human brain or animal brains and how they work in the field of neuroscience uh, and maybe look elsewhere to try and come up, going back to that idea of like a computational theory or model, maybe trying to find a different way to accomplish AI, more advanced versions of AI uh, that aren't necessarily related to the brain or neuroscience. Partly because, number one, those field, neuroscience and the way the human brain really works is extremely complex, um, not well understood still. And, you know, the, there's not a direct match to how the, the current hardware that people use for AI uh, or current models and all that matches. There's not a direct match between, you know, how the human brain might work and how uh, we can currently run AI on the kinds of hardware that we have, these kinds of models and techniques that we have today. So it may be that we need something a little bit different there. And then finally, you know, We've heard a lot about different um, concerns and potential issues uh, and current issues around ethics, uh, bias, and other sort of, um, you know, areas of AI that really need more attention moving forward. So those were a lot of the, the highlights of, of what these experts talked about. And then in terms of what, what should we expect and what should we be working on for the future of AI, uh, one is AI for good. Uh, meaning AI that benefits humans specifically, that actually creates benefits for humans and helps them with things. Um, another one is fair, safe, and ethical AI. We talked about the ethics thing a minute ago, but also fair, you know, AI that benefits one group should benefit all groups and also safe AI. So, you know, that protects people's, you know, uh, privacy and security and is not harmful, uh, that kind of thing. Another area is this idea of augmenting human intelligence. So rather than, you know, just automating people's jobs away completely, you know, using AI to help them do the jobs that they do best um, and automating more of some of those tedious and rote tasks. And then finally, along the lines of ethical AI, this idea of responsible AI and accountability. So who's responsible for the AI models that they build? Who's accountable? Uh, how do you know you're being responsible? Are there guidelines and you know best practices and so on? Overall, the experts cover many really interesting ideas and concepts at this virtual event, and it'll be exciting to see what happens over the next 12 months. Moving on, I found a couple of recent articles about AI and healthcare really interesting. They talk about how AI is being used in healthcare today uh, and about predictions for the future. A major theme is that AI-powered solutions will help reduce costs and produce more effective medical outcomes as compared to traditional methods. App, you know, it's all about creating, using AI in healthcare to produce applications that create benefits for both people and organizations that leverage them. 
you know, one of the areas uh, we're seeing some of that now is what's called AI-driven drug discovery. So, you know, how do you find new drugs to treat certain conditions and diseases and so on? Uh, it turns out that that's actually a very hard thing to do and often can take, you know, 10 years to do it. So traditionally where you have 10 years using AI now, they're starting to see that you can really, really accelerate this process. Another area is in smart hospitals. So basically leveraging different kinds of sensors and devices like speakers and cameras so that you can do virtual patient monitoring, um, which also leverages AI. This allows you know, nurses to scale up their activities and their effectiveness, uh, as well as overall efficiency, and can help you know, predict and prevent certain patient events from happening. Um, such that are very adverse and, you know, that you might find in, in an ICU, for example. Another area is around voice control and intelligent communication systems within, you know, hospitals, for example, where, you know, rather than having to research things or search things in a database, you, you know, typing everything out, maybe you can do a lot more sort of voice control or look things up quickly uh, using speech. Another area is decision support for medical and administrative staff. So basically using, you know, AI-powered algorithms to help drive data-driven decisions and also suggest so-called intelligent actions so that these are, you know, making decisions and taking actions that are most likely to be the most optimal. Which, in a related sense, you know, AI in these healthcare-type applications allows you to get deeper and faster insights which can result in quicker and better health outcomes. Another area is AI-powered radiomics. Radiomics is uh, sort of the field where you take radiographic images and using certain techniques and algorithms, you can extract and find features in those images that wouldn't be uh, found or seeable by the naked eye. So work being done there. Um, as, I, as I mentioned before on the deeper insights uh, front, you also have le these insights leading to quicker and better therapy developments for certain conditions and diseases, uh, as well as treatments, and, and much of that being also personalized, an area that's called personalized medicine, um, where you, know, you can, rather than just use you know, drugs or therapies or whatever the case may be, that might be sort of good for the average or the general population, Instead, you can really tailor those things to each individual sort of um, body chemistry and, and whatever such that it will result in the best possible treatment and outcome. Um, another area is AI-powered oncology. So, you know, trying to diagnose, assess, uh, and treat different kinds of cancers, for example. And now with large, very large data sets, sort of using this large data uh, or large amounts of data combined with these AI algorithms that leverage this data sort of gives you the best possible way to, again, diagnose, assess, and treat these uh, cancers in the most effective way. And it's sort of uh, one thing they pointed out in one of the articles is it sort of acts as like a tumor board. Um, so imagine like a board of expert uh, oncologists. It's sort of like an artificial uh, expert board that you can consult with when trying to you know, um, treat a certain kind of cancer. And then the last couple of areas, one is telehealth, uh, so using sensing devices to you know, examine and uh, monitor and diagnose patients 
conditions remotely, and then AI-powered screening decisions. So, you know, when somebody's presenting certain symptoms uh, of a condition they might have, you know, how do you choose what would be the best type of screening to do first? Uh, things like CAT scans, MRIs, and, and that sort of thing. So when used correctly, AI can improve many aspects of the healthcare system and provide better service, lower costs, and more effective outcomes for patients everywhere. Check out the articles in the description below for a more in-depth look at the major predictions and trends that will define healthcare this year. In our next story, we'll look at how 2021 is turning into the year of responsible AI. You know, there's a lot of issues uh, we've talked about many times on this show and on this channel around AI. Uh, things like lack of transparency or consumer trust, lack of accountability, things like that. So one of the solutions that's really gaining a lot of steam right now is this idea of responsible AI. Uh, and, and how do you, you know, create responsible AI? What are the practices? What are the guidelines? What are the, are there regulations even? Um, you know, here in the U.S., we now have, are transitioning to a new government uh, and some new legislation. And one of those things on the media agenda is AI accountability regulations. And we're also seeing, as I've talked about before, an increased focus on AI ethics and impact. Um, one of the, the key things there for businesses especially is, you know, the more you focus on that, the better it is for people because you're using AI in an ethical way and you're taking into account what the impact actually could be. But it also helps you avoid sort of PR, potential PR issues, whistleblowers within your company that, you know, sort of um, raise to the surface some things about their concerns about AI if things, they don't think things are going well. So trying to, you know, sort of mitigate all that by using AI responsibly in, in an ethical way. Um, and as a result, we're seeing more and more roles pop up to help with companies uh, for this kind of thing, such as chief ethics officers. Another area of responsible AI would focus on, you know, adopting bias testing, which would help, you know, fix unequal tools and processes, things like that. But look for bias, try and um, identify it, detect it, fix it as quickly as possible, monitor for it, and so on. And in the monitoring side of it, there's, there's sort of a new area of AI called MLOps, which is uh, largely about you know, deployment of machine learning models and things like that, but also the monitoring for these biases or potential liabilities, making sure to catch them quickly and often so that they can be, um, you know, fixed right away um, and that sort of thing. And then finally, AI governance uh, is, an, is a increasingly interesting area of focus, which also includes things like model validation. Um, how do you validate models are working correctly, that they're they're safe to use that again, the bias stuff, but also that they're explainable, that you can, you can explain how they work. Um, you know, and we're seeing more and more of that in different industries beyond just financial, which is a heavily regulated industry. Now with other heavily regulated industries, there's, there's more and more focus on AI governance and some of these things as well, like insurance, retail, uh, and healthcare. So after so much AI growth and acceleration in 2020, it's nice to see the focus shift to creating technology that is safe, ethical, and trustworthy, both on federal and private levels. Better or any AI regulations hopefully help benefit everybody and set the stage as new AI continues to emerge. 
In our last story, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo approved legislation that will pause facial recognition technology in schools throughout the state for two years. The goal is to give policymakers and experts a look, the ability to look at privacy, safety, and security issues, potentially, uh, with using this kind of technology, and also study the technology to determine if it's really usable within schools safely and without biases. Well, that's it for this week's top AI headlines. Be sure to subscribe to this channel if you haven't already, and check out the description below to learn more about everything covered in today's show. Thanks again, and I'll see you in the next episode of AI News.